This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, December 23rd, 2018. Christmas road trip. Recalculating. Recalculating. Well, good morning, Connection Community Church. We are so glad you're here. We're honored that you chose to worship with this with us this morning here at 9 a.m. as we prepare our hearts and our minds for the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ. We have some special guests among us. We have our garage kids and our first look kids, uh, kindergartners through fifth grade. If you're here, if you're normally in the garage, put your hands up. We From are so glad you're here. Thank yeah. you so much for being here. Yeah. And we have a special game for you guys, all right? So every time you hear the word detour, say detour. Great, detour, put your hands up, okay? Every time you hear the word recalculating, say recalculating. Put your hands up. Hi. Adults, you might need to help with this because we want to make sure you're awake too. And you can play if you want, you can play. Yeah, make sure you you're can up. play yeah. too. All right, so let's practice. Detour. Recalculating. All right, Good I job, think adults. we are ready to go. My name is Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Would you pray with us, please? Thank you, God, for this opportunity to worship together, families together. Thank you for your son, Jesus as we expectantly await his arrival. We thank you, Lord, for the grace and the mercy that covers us and for the opportunity to gather here this morning. We pray this in the name of the Father and the Son and by the power of the Holy Spirit. Everybody agreed and said, amen. amen. All right, Christmas road trip. We have found that we take road trips, um, and when we go a distance, there's a time sooner or later that we end up having to recalculate. Awesome. You know, for one reason or another, our travel route just changes. It ends up being a little bit different than we originally planned because there's a detour. Sometimes we get rerouted. And we have to follow the orange signs. You know what I'm talking about with those orange detour signs? Yeah. Other times, <laughs> the detours happen because of a wrong turn. Maybe we weren't paying attention. Maybe we were unfamiliar with the area. Well, today, a GPS helps when we get off track <laughs> with that obnoxious voice that incessantly repeats the words, Recalculating. Recalculating. <laughs> Recalculating. Great. Recalculating. Okay, thank you. Recalculating. Thank you. Okay. Woo! Stop. It does get obnoxious, doesn't it? But it is very helpful at times. Yeah. Recalculating. There we go. I remember a trip when our family was on, all the kids were young, all six of us in the car, coming back from, I guess it was up near the Poconos or something, and um, I kept looking for... Uh, that's the Northeast Extension to get on uh, I-95 South. And I kept looking, and I'm thinking, why is it taking us so long? And I finally realized when I saw 
we were going through a little town with these street lights that look like Hershey Kisses. Yeah, Hershey PA. And so this was pre-GPS. So I get out the map and I realize we're only 95 miles off of our route, 95 miles off course. So the kids naturally want to take advantage of this opportunity, but Carrie and I had to get back for something. So I promised them that the next time we were up in that area, we would spend the day. So sure enough, the next year, we had a vacation to Toronto, Canada. And on the way, we stopped at Hershey Park. Yeah, I'm sure each of you can probably recall a time or two when your trip was interrupted by a detour. Yeah, of one type or another. You know, recalculating is an ongoing part. It's really a necessary component of life, this road trip that we call life. How often have you experienced a detour? How often have you experienced an unexpected curve or twist, something that you just didn't expect and it necessitated a change in your life course? You know, the longer we live, the more that we realize that change, recalculating, is more the rule than the exception. Can I get an amen on that with some of us who are a little bit older? Yeah. That change is really the thing that we can count on, that we can count on, and change isn't easy. The only ones that like change are babies, and they cry through it. But change is a reality, and it's an important part of this road trip of life. So we have some very special friends who will be sharing some scripture with us. There's some important recalculating that was part of the Christmas road trip. I'd like to invite Kira Novosel to come up and share about that. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Cornelius was governor of Syria, and all went to be registered, each to his own town, and Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed who was with child. Luke 2, 1 through 5. Thank you, Kira. Yeah. Yeah. We gave her all the hard words. You know, I doubt that Mary and Joseph were expecting that road trip at all. They were in Nazareth in Galilee, engaged, ready to get married. We talked about this for the last couple weeks. And both of them got an angel visit explaining Mary's pregnancy that she was with God's child. Talk about a detour. Talk about recalculating. <laughs> wow. Anyway, they deal with it, only to find that it involves an actual road trip, an 80-mile road trip, not by car, not by train, not by plane, but most likely on foot. 
Now the Christmas cards show that she's riding on a donkey. I, we think Hallmark probably just felt sorry for Mary because we can't find that in the Bible. But can you imagine walking or however it was, 80 miles pregnant, 80 miles close to delivery pregnant, over rough dirt roads pregnant for days, days. And where were they sleeping at night? I mean, the holiday inns were all booked up. It's likely that the bed for them was the ground. And so thinking about all this, I think it gives us a newfound respect for Mary and Joseph and the recalculating that was forced upon them. Mm -hmm. Why'd they have to go to Bethlehem anyway? Well, because of a census that was called for by the Roman emperor, Caesar Augustus. He called for a census, the result of which would give him two very important numbers. That's what they did censuses for back then. Two important numbers. One, the tax base of his area, of his uh, empire. And two, the number of young men who were eligible for the draft. Since the Jews were exempt from uh, military service in the Roman empire, a census of this area of Palestine was then for tax purposes. So the custom was that everyone had to return to the headquarters of their ancestral tribe. And for Joseph, this was Judea, a little town of Bethlehem, David's town, as Joseph was descended from King David. And his fiancée Mary went with him on the verge of giving birth. How ironic is this whole situation? Caesar Augustus, considered a a god by the Romans, called for a census to calculate taxes while the true god, the god of the universe, the god of all creation, the god that we worship, used Caesar Augustus and this census to fulfill an Old Testament prophecy that out of Bethlehem would come the one who would rule over Israel. God used that census to bring Mary and Joseph 80 miles south from Nazareth to Bethlehem so that the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, would be born exactly where God had said he would be born 700 years previous. How ironic that the one whose birth we celebrate is not the one who, who was the, considered the greatest ruler on earth at that time, but instead is the one whose proper place of birth was made possible by the census that that ruler called for. Talk about some serious recalculating. And so Cooper Hall is going to come up and share our next scripture with us. Come on up, Cooper. Is this down? Let me see. Oh, there we go. Is that good? And wow, they were there. Time came for her to give birth, and she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and, and laid him in the manger because there was no place for them in the end. Yeah. So what is that? Luke chapter 2, verses 6 to 7. Great oh, yeah. job, Cooper. <laughs> and while they were there... It was time for her to give birth. 
Wow, we don't get a whole lot of details here. She gave birth, she wrapped them in swaddling clothes. Um, you know, we swaddle babies these days, so it was kind of the same type thing. And the manger was basically a feeding trough, the place where um, the baby was born in a stable, that's what we assume, but more likely history kind of shows us that it probably was more like a cave uh, cut out of rock behind or beside or beneath the place where Mary and Joseph hoped to stay. That's why, um, that's why the baby was in the manger. That's why the baby was in the manger in a stable. So there's 10 key words here that are like super famous. Can you guess what they are? Say it with me. Because there was no place for them in the inn. Because there was no place for them in the inn. Ten of the most famous words of this Christmas road trip. How many children's pageants and churches all over the place are based on these ten words? How many stories are there about that innkeeper? It's not even mentioned, but the, that innkeeper is famous, who's not even mentioned in the story. Incredible how much has been built around those ten simple words. And the truth is, we don't actually know what transpired at all, other than that the baby was wrapped in swaddling cloths and laid in a manger, a feeding trough. Oh, but what a detour. Some serious recalculating. There you go. <laughs> the son of the Most High God, whose coming was prophesied 700 years in advance by Isaiah, calling him Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of peace. How ironic that the Savior of humankind would come into the world in such a subtle, humble, less than spectacular way, huh? On the other hand, since we know the rest of the story, this entry in the world makes all the sense in the world, doesn't it? Yeah. Because not only was there no room uh, for him in the inn, when he was born, people really didn't make room for Jesus the rest of his earthly life. They finally did make room for him, though, there at the end on the cross, on the cross. And so later, after the birth of Jesus, there was more recalculating. In the second chapter of Matthew, we read about the wise men, the magi, the men who were scientists, they were astrologers, they were um, interpreters of omens. These men, they came from the east, from a land far, far away, from a different country, they had different customs, they even had a different religion, but they knew of the ancient prophecies. They had heard of the ancient prophecies of the coming king, the king of the Jews. And they knew that the star that they saw as they studied the sky was different. It was unusual. And it was indicating something special, something that they hadn't seen before. And so they came. And they went directly to the king of Judah. And they asked this. I'd like to invite David Smith to come on up and share with us more about the wise men and their question to King Herod. You okay there? Yeah. Okay. Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? 
For we saw his star when it rose, and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them of where the Christ was to be born. Matthew 2, 2, 4. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Davis. So, <clears throat> excuse me, what troubled Herod really was fear and jealousy. King of the Jews? Well, Herod, he considered himself king of the Jews. He was raised Jewish, but his loyalty actually at this point was to the Roman government as he'd been appointed by that government to oversee and control the Jews in this territory. And so he talks to the religious leaders to find out where the Christ was to be born. And they tell him the Christ is to be born in Bethlehem in Judea, as was prophesied by Micah years, years, 700 years before, as we shared three Sundays ago. And now Brooke Ely will come and share our final scripture this morning. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word, that I too may come and worship him. After listening to the king, they went on their way, and behold, the star that they had seen, when it rose, went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. Matthew 2, 7 through 9, ESV. Thank you, Brian. Oh, yeah. Do we have some awesome kids or what? Yeah. Yeah. And we want you to know that when they are learning, they are learning the Bible. They are learning scripture. And we are so grateful for everybody who's involved in teaching our babies, our little ones, and our children. Thank you so much. Yeah. So scripture tells us that these wise men then followed the star to the house where they saw the child and their mother and they bowed down and they worshiped him. They offered him gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh, unusual gifts for a child, but actually they make all the sense in the world. For gold, an offering fit for a king, Jesus was king of the Jews. Frankincense was an incense burned in the temple and Jesus was a priest. And then we have myrrh. Myrrh was a resin. It was like um, a perfume or an anointing type oil. And it was used to anoint Jesus's body after he died. In this offering to Jesus, the child, we are foreshadowed of what would happen 30 some years later when Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus used this 100-pound mixture of myrrh and aloes to wrap Jesus' body after the crucifixion. Each of these gifts that the Magi brought had great significance, great symbolic value. Hmm. So warned in a dream to do some recalculating of their route home in order to avoid Herod, the Magi took a detour on their return trip. Likewise, Joseph was warned in a dream to get up and take the child and mother to Egypt and to stay there until the Lord told him otherwise. 
as Herod was going to search for the child and kill him. Joseph did exactly as he was told, recalculating their journey. Whoa, okay, recalculating. I know. Yeah. <laughs> They're catching up there. They're faster okay. than I am. Recalculating as they took a detour into Africa, thus fulfilling the prophecy of years before from the prophet Hosea, out of Egypt I called my son. Well, as for Herod, he realized that he had been outwitted by the Magi, and he was furious, and he gave orders for all boys two years and under in Bethlehem and the surrounding countryside to be killed. This two-year window and the fact that scripture tells us that the magi visited mary and the child rather than the baby in a house rather than a stable makes us think that it could have been up to two years after the birth that the magi visited jesus whatever time frame this is part of the story that has some detours and some recalculating involved including wise men and Mary and Joseph and even King Herod. And so that's why we say that <coughs> recalculating is at the center of the first <coughs> Christmas road trip. <clears throat> Great story. How about actually kind of a combo of stories here this morning. <clears throat> but once again, what's that got to do with you and me? Well, Basically this, recalculating, I'm just impressed with the adults, they, they're hitting them too, that's a good job. Maybe we should do this every week. We, we might want to. Yeah. I was afraid we'd spill coffee or something, but you guys are doing a really good job. Recalculating isn't just a part of that first Christmas road trip, is it? No. You and I, each and every one of us, is going to have detours whenever we follow Jesus. Not just the detours of life, but we're going to have detours following Jesus. See, I got three, almost three in a row there. Yeah. Going crazy. Our Christmas road trip will always include some recalculating. And this isn't anything new when it comes to, to following God. Happened to Abraham. Happened to his son Isaac. Happened to the next in line, Jacob, happened to Moses, happened to David and Ruth and Rahab and Daniel and on and on and on. Happened to the 12 tribes of Israel. Happened to the 12 disciples of Jesus. Happened throughout the Old and the New Testaments. And it's continuing to happen to believers ever since. As Craig Barnes shares in his book, When God Interrupts, finding new life through unwanted change. Moving is part of any serious relationship with God. Moving from the life we have settled for to the life God has in store for us. Say that again. Moving from the life we've settled for to the life that God has in store for us. In other words, detour and recalculating, there's a double, are inevitable parts of a Christ-centered life. Movement of one type or another, geographical, relational, emotional, psychological, spiritual, usually involves all the above. It's that movement that brought, brought Carrie and, 
and me closer to Christ? Closer to each other, closer to our children? Brought us here, closer to you. Wow. So the question again for you today is, how will you respond? How will you respond? What are you going to do when you face a detour? Are you willing to recalculate and follow God's path or go in the opposite direction? How do you choose to respond? If God's Holy Spirit nudges you, are you willing to move? Are you willing to go outside of your comfort zone and go in God's direction and follow God's detours? Are you willing? Are you willing to, and this is the last one, recalculate, all of your hopes and dreams that you've been working on yourself, that you have figured out, you've got your life all lined up, but it just might not be what God had in mind. And when God nudges in through the Holy Spirit and gives you an inkling of something more, are you willing to follow? Are you willing to take this road trip? Are you willing? We pray so. We hope so. Because God's way is always the best way. That's the good news. Let's believe it and let's live it. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Almighty God, we thank you so much for gathering here this morning for the kids who joined us in the seats and as our scripture readers. We thank you for the miracle of your son Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. Lord, as we prepare for Jesus' birth in our hearts, Lord, let us make room for him and glorify his holy name. Lord, we thank you and we praise you today and all days as we follow your call to connect people with Jesus and the new life that he offers. We pray this in the name of the Father and the Son and by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life he offers.